Welcome to Busy House Happy Home, where you can ask Charlie your home dilemmas and I will help you along with my expert friends so your busy house becomes a happy home. Today I have Lulu on the podcast and this episode is coming out um, just after the Queen's funeral and so Lulu and I are going to be talking a little bit about emotions and feelings um, throughout this episode. I met Lulu in the summer at a wedding and there was no seating plan, you just had to go and sit anywhere and Simon said to me, oh that lady over there looks really friendly, let's go and sit with her, she's got a lovely friendly face. And that was how I met Lulu. Lulu is a primary school um, educational consultant and counsellor. And she's really brilliant at talking about, you know, children's feelings, getting children to open up and, you know, all sorts of things. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation um, that Lulu and I are having. Lulu, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you for inviting me. It's great. And I'm looking forward to our conversation at, as you say, a very poignant time to talk about children's feelings, our feelings and our emotions. Yeah, I think the whole nation has been rocked by by this. And I think, you know, obviously she had she was a, a wonderful, a wonderful age, had had an incredible life. So we all knew it was coming, but I think we all never wanted the, the day to come and so we've all been thrown by it it's been amazing watching all the footage and hearing people's stories um it's the end of a wonderful era absolutely and it, it's very sad and it's very sad because she has as you said been a part of all our lives for a very long time and as as you say you know with the footage and the messages that people leave somehow we've all sort of adopted her as a member of the family without really noticing no noticing and she's that stable element of the mem you know the the member of the family that is the most reliable and consistent and predictable in her messaging and one of sort of service and consistency in her approach to life which has been very valuable for many of us and so we will miss her yeah that's her. yeah we will miss her and it's, it's getting used to the change and I don't think any of us really like change do we we get quite set in our ways and knowing that you know our money is going to change our stamps are going to change our church services are going to change because we won't be praying for our queen anymore we will be praying for our king and that feels a bit peculiar it's going to take a period of adjustment isn't it I I think you're right Charlie and I think there's so much that's uncomfortable about what's going on in the world right now yeah that having her there in that stable role was very uh helpful for many as an anchor yeah and comforting yeah and so as you say we don't we want change but we don't want to change ourselves and it's it is uncomfortable because of all the rest and everything else um and we need to process the grief and we need to allow ourselves to feel sad and to uh navigate it to the best of our ability to support our children too because yeah. they too will be asking questions about death yeah about 
uh, grief and associating that those with their stories in their families and I do think it's best to be truthful when yeah. you're but in an age-appropriate way obviously but not to talk about passing on or going somewhere else but actually say the queen has died and use the actual language that represents the truth yes I, I completely agree I don't really like the expression I've lost I've lost my mom or I've lost something because you, you haven't lost them they've died and it's the end and I think it is important to not soften things by using the incorrect words but actually just be by being honest honest in an age-appropriate way I think that that's the best gift that you can give to your children anyway because I don't know about you Charlie but my growing up my childhood was sort of shrouded in in sort of almost dishonesty as far as my emotions were concerned yeah um, yeah I wasn't really allowed to be angry I wasn't really allowed to be sad yes no, I hear that Lulu meant to be happy yeah. all the time yeah yeah so the main reason why I do what I do actually is to try to help children build their emotional resilience because life is as it is and it isn't easy yeah um, but we have to find ways to grow resilience to be able to navigate it and manage it to the best of our ability yes yes and it's really important that we give our children the correct sort of tools and 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 ways to handle things isn't it and and that's you know what you do isn't it Lulu you go in and you help families and and children well I work in schools about, about how you work and, and what you do uh I work in schools with a whole school approach to develop emotional literacy wow. to give as you rightly say give children the tools and strategies they need to be able to manage all their different feelings because we are human so we feel and there are no right or wrong feelings. Some are definitely more comfortable than others, yeah. uh, but we we get to feel them all, the whole range throughout our, the ups and downs of emotional life. But it's being able to manage them to get the best out of every situation that's yeah. key to uh, having a happy and inverted commas life. Because if we learn to feel our feelings and listen to what the messages they're saying to us are, then we can do something with them. And, yeah. But some are, and but we need to sort of feel them in our bodies, how their comfort, start to recognize when we're feeling concerned or worried or anxious by how mm. it feels in our body, in yeah. terms of our physicality. So. Yeah learning to become emotional detectives is um, really important and then develop that emotional literacy so giving children words to be able a nuanced emotional vocabulary so mm -hmm. that they can actually describe the way they feel to allow others to understand them and for them to understand themselves as well yeah does that yeah. make sense it does it makes total sense it makes absolute sense and it's made me think of something that I was not planning on sharing today at all, but um, but it may help by me talking about this. Um, I had 
and I'm using inverted commas here, a phobia of my mother, which started when I was about 11. And I couldn't touch anything that she touched. I couldn't sit on a loo seat. I couldn't open a door handle. I couldn't hold cutlery. It was, it was bizarre. It just suddenly happened and it got worse and worse. And I had this physical kind of sick feeling if I touched something, I felt dirty. And Lulu, I couldn't talk about it. I couldn't tell anyone. It was like my dark secret. And I was 15 when finally I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it anymore because it, it was very hard. I was at boarding school, so that was a bit easier, but it was very hard when I was at home. And she was a loving, kind person. And when I was 15, I went to see the school counsellor who, who, who had no idea how to help me. And she said, you need to see a psychiatrist and you're underage. And you've got to be 16 to see a psychiatrist without your parents' consent. So I suggest you tell your mother what's going on. So I had this awful, and I remember it so vividly, I had to phone her from boarding school and say, you know, mummy, I've got this problem. She knew, I mean, it was, she was aware, but she was advised not to talk to me about it and to let me come to her. And I was taken to a psychiatrist and he was dreadful. And <laughs> I went to see another one. They were pretty dreadful too. And the day my parents separated was the first time I held my mother's hand without feeling physically repulsed. And if only I'd had the literacy, the confidence to have addressed the problem earlier on, it would have saved years of agony and heartbreak. And it was extraordinary that that day that my parents separated, I could, I lived a normal life again um, with regards to her. And I think it, you know, it was my body's way of coping with not a very happy home. And this podcast is Busy Life, Happy Home. And I think because I didn't have an easy childhood, I want to do what I'm doing to help other people and to know that they're not alone but it's so important that we teach our children these tools and skills and give them the confidence that they can talk about things if there's a problem um so I I loved sitting next to you at that lunch Lulu I could have chatted to you all night it was it was lovely um you know I yes I, I found it fascinating talking to you Oh, thank you so much for sharing that very intimate story with us. Um, that must have been so challenging for you because even, you know, things have evolved and developed even in a short space of time where people are more honest about the way they feel as adults with their children. But I can imagine then how complicated it must have been for you to even try to think of talking about something mm like that with your mother and then yeah. not and then somebody I think I was a weirdo I mean it was just it was so hard to live the way I did it was it was horrid it was horrible and then the counsellor actually not being able to support you and to help you it made me feel even more of an alien gosh but also how actually when the truth was out when your parents actually separated yeah. That was where, so you must have just been bottling all these yeah. feelings in a way of sort of 
of lack of trust and it's a very confusing time because I had this wonderful loving kind mother who was in such an unhappy marriage because my father was such a difficult man that she was all at sea understandably and it through me and that was the way I coped that was the way I put up this barrier to protect myself I suppose and uh, and then you know this sudden sort of it just suddenly lifted when I knew that life was changing yes it was going to be hard but in the long run for the better absolutely but the truth it was truth really wasn't yeah. it you've been living under a sort of veil of people not speaking their truth to yeah. to keep keep face I suppose or to yeah. keep keep going with what they thought was the right thing to do yeah I think mum took her marriage vows so seriously that she didn't want yeah. it to end. Yeah. But actually it wasn't possible to stay, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And do you know what? You're so right about the role that parents play for their children in being a role model. Yeah. And now you've broken a cycle that, and you are able to talk with your children about the way you really feel. But it's been years, of, years of therapy and, yeah. and some great therapy that's got me to to where I am today, to be able to accept that the past is the past, learn from it, move yeah. forward and, and break that cycle. Because my mother had a very difficult relationship with her mother. Yeah. And I didn't want history to repeat itself again. I wanted to, to stop it and to make that change. Um, for me, it was really important to do that. Um, and look at what you're doing to help lots of other people. Yeah, well, I think it's just, it's so important to be able to, for me, to share my past, to help other people know that, that, it, that you can get through it and, and you're not alone and you can change your life. Absolutely. And you can then live a happy, fulfilled life as much as you possibly can. Um, but it takes it takes working on and and that's why I so enjoyed meeting you because what you do is so crucial helping young children navigate their feelings and their emotions so that they're not going to have all of these problems later on in life well they'll have more of an, a, a chance yeah, yeah. being able to realize that it's okay to feel their feelings and give themselves permission to feel yes and allow themselves to to learn how to 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 cope yeah the difficult yeah. times because difficult times come to us all yeah. I do think that uh with as a parent you've been very courageous you're very courageous in sharing all you do Charlie oh, thank you. you no because it's amazing because you give everybody permission to feel by being able to, by your modelling to others that it's okay, you allow others to do the same, which is amazing. So big gold star coming I, I, I think, you know, I, I, I want to make what happened in my past. Yeah. Um, um, I'm trying to think of the words. Like I've learned from it and, and, can show people that they can do the same yeah I, I, I think um for me you know Absolutely. that's important 
I, I can't think of the words properly, Lily, but hopefully you, you get what I mean. No, I, I really get what you mean. You give, again, I'm going to go back to that expression, you give them permission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're brave enough to share your truth. Mm. And in doing so, you're allowing other people to share their truth. Yeah, yeah. And hopefully, uh, by doing well not just hopefully by doing so you make a big difference so well done you. you Lily how do you work at, you know do schools get in touch with you do you work with a few Pacific schools uh, schools get in touch uh, and then we go about working with I go about working with the school to sort of find the best way to help them develop their emotional literacy yeah and how to take that into the classroom and get feelings out of the cupboard and into the classroom, but in a way that's simple, attainable, and makes a difference. Uh, Because I very much believe that social-emotional learning should be at the heart of our curriculums nowadays. We need to teach our children not only that it's okay to feel, but also how to manage how to resolve conflict, how to cope with uh, all sorts of, uh, or, you know, problems that are facing them nowadays that didn't face us, us yeah. when we were growing up. You yeah. know, social media hygiene to sexual equality uh, to everything, really. And if we don't teach the ch- children these skills, uh, then they're not going to be able to do as well as they would do otherwise academically because our emotions affect everything. We have a new sponsor for season two of the podcast, Lee Linton from The Ultimate Shred. I have been doing Lee's workouts for over six years and I am a massive, massive fan. Lee has been life-changing for me, getting fit and getting strong. But one of her products that I really love is her matcha. So many people say, Charlie, where do you get your energy from? And the secret is matcha. Matcha is packed full of antioxidants. It is brilliant for your immune system. It's great for your hair, for your nails, for your skin. It helps with water retention. It helps with bloating and it gives you a caffeine um, boost, but not like drinking coffee or tea or or having, um, you know, caffeinated drinks. It just is a slow release. So it gives you this sort of lovely energy boost throughout the day. And I'm a massive, massive fan of it. I drink it every single day. Lee has kindly given us a discount code of CHARLIE10. All the details will be linked down below in the show notes for you to take advantage of that. So I hope I hope you do because it really is wonderful, wonderful stuff. Yes. You're being bullied in the playground, but you're not really, really going to be able to concentrate on your maths test, are you? No, of course you're not. You're no. more concerned about what's going to happen. And a lot of the time, you know, if children are being bullied, they don't want to talk up because yeah. they don't want to be the snitch or they don't want to be the telltale or they're scared. Yeah. Uh, and more often than not, they're scared. And yeah. So, but I also work with families and children and teenagers and anybody who's going through a tough time 
uh, solution focused therapy, talking therapy, where uh, I was doing it online all through the pandemic, but people come to my home now. And I help them to be able to express the way they're really feeling yeah. and to be able to understand why they're feeling the way they are and to help them to problem solve and yeah. learn ways to help them to help themselves and yeah. uh, can be obviously is hugely beneficial and have accompanied a lot of uh, different families go through difficult times yeah um, from divorce to eating disorders to the numerous and myriad of different uh, difficulties that face families nowadays, more so, I think, than ever before. Yeah. Um, and in doing so, I try to make a difference too, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, which, which, is, which is brilliant, Lily. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think all too often, as we know as parents, yeah. we, it's so hard to watch our children suffer or find life difficult and more often than not the easiest way seems to fix the problem yeah I think as a parent when you're in a situation it's very difficult to step outside it and look at the bigger picture as to what is going on yeah um I've had um both of the boys weren't overly happy um, earlier this year. And, you know, as a parent, it, it's difficult sometimes. You, and, and their unhappiness came out in sort of anger and frustration and being rude and being a bit difficult. And you think, oh, well, maybe it's a phase. What's going on? And it's hard as a parent just to to step out and, and look at what's going on in their life and, and get them to talk and open up. Um, and somebody said to me, you're only as happy as your unhappiest child. So you end up not feeling great in yourself because you're dealing with, with not a happy person. And it's really important to, I think, to nip, nip things in the bud and, and take, take a long, hard look at what's going on and make changes. Um, absolutely but the best way to do that is keep connected with your children harder with boys I think because boys don't necessarily want to talk about stuff or things I hope that's not a massive generalization but on the whole I think it's true I have the best conversations with the boys in the car yeah (laughs) and there's no eye contact it's a great way to communicate with children for stop all partners Mm -hmm. um but also to so I like to use this uh, an acronym, love, basically. Listen, mm-hmm. observe, like you've just been saying, What look at, stand out and look at the bigger picture. What's going on here? Mm-hmm. Uh, validate. Validate is key yeah. because it's about making space to listen and not yes. interrupt and listen to what's going on from the perspective of their story, their it's not your story, it's theirs. And it's so easy for us when we zoom in to fix. We want to claim it as our story. But yeah. actually, if you just listen and validate feedback, oh, I hear you say you're feeling angry or sad or whatever they've expressed. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, do you want to tell me more about that? And then listen to what they've got to say. And you don't have, you, you just have to answer their question with what they've said, really. Yeah. And then to empathize. So to listen, love, listen, observe, validate, and empathize. Wonderful. So listen to their experience and find some connection, uh, em empathic connection that you can relate to what they're sharing with you. And by doing that, you're not fixing it, mm. but you've been with them. And you're giving them, um, uh, uh, that you understand what they're doing. Yeah. 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 And it's that validation. Validation is key. And often that's all children need. Yeah, that's such a great acronym. I love I love that. <laughs> um, it's brilliant, Lily. I can always remember that. It's really, really good. Yeah, is to be heard for the and as you rightly say, to understand. Yeah. You understand yeah. what's going on for them. That's all it's like magic. It mm. just works. And so often or not, that's what is the magic of children coming to see me. Yeah. You know, way too often we just get entangled as parents, don't we? Yes. But with that, because we don't like feeling uncomfortable because our child is uncomfortable. Yeah. What can we do to make it better? But actually what you need to do is help them to find their way to yeah. problem solve their way through it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as a parent, you know, you can be too busy, you can be rushed, there can be interruptions. And so sometimes you don't have the time to, to listen. Um, you know, maybe it's, it's, but it is so important to take that time to listen. So that connection time can be, you know, last thing at night when you sit on the bed at the end of the bed with your child. Yeah just talk about and use gratitude to help have a conversation about I'm going to share with you three you know great things that happened to me today and can you share with me three things you know or whatever it is but having those yeah. we did that actually during lockdown did you um, night I went into each three each one of the children and and said right three things that you're grateful for and I would share mine with them as well um and it was a really we we've got out of the habit of doing it but actually it's a really lovely thing to do it is actually it's a reminder of you know because it's sort of the appreciation of what you've got rather than you know always aspiring for what you haven't is exactly. one of the key things to make happy people and I think it's a good thing to do at night just before they go to sleep because yeah. they're focusing on the positive things from their day Absolutely. rather than worrying about the negatives so they're much likelier hopefully to have good restful sleep and comparison is the thief of joy but there's so much comparison that goes on in life nowadays because of social media yeah that actually if you if you remember what you've got yeah that's all you need really yeah it is it is yeah. and we're so lucky yeah. to have yeah. yeah yeah yeah. We need to remind ourselves of that quite often and again as role models as mums and dads you know it's yeah. about talking about talking openly about lots of things mm. like because you enable your children when you do that 
And when yeah. you speak your truth, as you're very good at doing, they also will feel that they can share their truth as well. Yeah. Comparison is, it's dangerous, isn't it, Lulu? Very. Yeah. There's so much of it now. And it's yeah. one of those, you know, I either see quite a few children who young people who've got eating disorders and it comes very much from what they perceive they they should be in comparison with their friends yeah or the people they see on social media yeah uh, it's uh very pervasive and extremely damaging it is it's so damaging it is damaging yeah yeah i think it's really important i won't um edit any photos I will go on my social media with no makeup with dirty hair I want I want to keep it real I don't want to always be perfectly manicured and and only coming online when I look my best or what I perceive to be my best because it's not real life it's not realistic we're all you know different shapes and sizes and we all have different lives and it's I think it's so important to to be real I I hate seeing all of these photoshopped girls looking you know with no bumps or lumps um I braved putting myself um, in a bikini this summer online because I wanted to show people that actually I don't have a perfect body Uh, stomach's covered in stretch marks and but, you know but I've had three children and it's it's real life and actually I was talking to some friends about it and I was like yeah I wore my bikini with pride this summer <laughs> because I think it's just it's just important um that that it's not all perfectly um uh photoshopped um and, and not realistic I think it's so damaging for children to to be brought up in that world but also adults, it's damaging, isn't it? I mean, we're all influenced to a degree. And your role, you know, in the work that you do online, you know, if you're if you're authentic and you show up as you've just described, then you do again, you you allow other people to to do the same. And yeah. as you yeah. say, there is no shame. No. <laughs> no, we are what we are. We've just got to accept it and get on with it. Yeah, make the best of what we have. Yeah, definitely, definitely, Lily. Mm. Yeah. And so you have people that come to you one to one or as a, as a family. Do you work with the whole family together or? Yeah, I do home visits in London. I live in London, uh, but I also do. Uh, work with people who live outside London on on Zoom it's not quite the same but it's a way to connect which is the most important thing uh yeah so I do work I go and visit families yeah families come to me parents come to me more than the children so if it's a a couple who are going through a separation or a divorce then I'll accompany them through that journey by seeing the parents one-on-one together and seeing the children as well and help them to have difficult conversations yeah to be able to bring everything out into the open which is which is just so important which we Um, discussed at the beginning didn't we yeah the damage of of broken families can have such a massive impact a long time too because it's about breaking that cycle just like you you mentioned with your grandmother and your mother 
but fortunately you know you're the buck stops with you and you're doing things differently by yeah. being honest actually uh, but we all bring our stories with us don't we and we all yeah. have cycles to break yeah but always it's never easy <laughs> no, it never is <laughs> it never is but it's, I think it's you know how you how you address things and how you cope cope with things um and being open and honest and and having those conversations um so that goes back really Charlie to the beginning of our conversation about the death of the queen yeah. and being open and honest around conversations yeah. about death and grief yeah. And actually, it's a perfect opportunity to have those conversations. Yeah. Uh, her, her, her death allows us or gives us a doorway into talking about something that is, is not necessarily very easy yeah. to discuss. Um, yeah. But allowing yourself to feel the way you feel too, there is no right or wrong. You know, if you are feeling, if this has triggered something in you, if the death of the queen has triggered something in you it's okay yeah. if you're sad yeah it's okay if you're you know distressed it's not comfortable it's not easy but it's okay yeah but find someone to talk to if you can yeah okay. i think it's it's really I, I one thing that i am not good at is um putting a lid on my feelings in the immediate because I daren't let the lid off because there'll be a such a rush of emotions that I'm trying to contain that because I I I, I don't want to go there yeah. does that make sense but then as time passes I slowly open the lid and let the feelings come out I don't know if that's a terrible thing to do but I found it um works quite well for me I know when Archie first went off to school I felt physically sick for the first week and I couldn't talk to any friends because there would have been such a rush of emotions that I just needed to sort of keep my blinkers on during that time and just be with my feelings myself absolutely and now I can talk about them and I've actually told Simon that I was really upset but yeah. I'm finding it easier and I couldn't talk to him because I didn't want to trigger his emotions too because I knew that he was dealing with it so sometimes time I think helps absolutely it heals doesn't it yeah yeah but it, it, it again each to their own I yeah. mean, if, if that's the way that you process mm. those big feelings that's okay yeah other people use journals other yeah. people talk to to friends have therapists have yeah. counselors i suppose what's important though is that you you do express those feelings when yes, you and don't bottle it up forever keep the lid on the yeah. box forever yeah 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 it is important it must have been hard when archie went it was really hard it was um, we were up there for the weekend because Gus was there having a taster weekend. So it had been quite a long drawn out process and he was just desperate to get going. Yeah. And um, 
they they handle it very well that you know you go and unpack for them and you get them settled and then you go off to the chapel and then you go and have a lunch and then the children are with you know their year group and they just want to go and it it's just the right moment just to slip away I did say to Simon oh for heaven's sake can you just drive because he was dithering and I just wanted to get out of the school gates um and I quietly cried Kate and Gussie didn't even realize they were busy chatting away um, it would have been okay if they'd seen you cry though Charlie it would have been and they, they have since but I wasn't ready in that no. moment no. the tears just just fell out of my eyes it wasn't sort of big sobbing um and it's it's been a period of adjustment but he's so happy and he's really enjoying it and I think the the great thing is this he's allowed to have his phone so I'll get the odd whatsapp during the day and a couple of times a week we'll have a decent sort of facetime call where we can see him um on Sunday we had half an hour um with with us at home chatting to him and it was really it was lovely really lovely great good um a time you know it's been a few weeks now and he's he's settling in well and thoroughly enjoying it and i'm finding it easier yeah um but again it's a grief it's yeah. a, it's a isn't it it's a sort of it's the next stage of letting go of your baby and i i found it very hard when every stage with my babies you know when their umbilical cord stump fell off I cried at that I cried when they had grown out of their newborn things I cried you know at every little milestone because they were, they were growing up and they were changing and it's hard as a parent um yeah that sort of letting go but I'm so pleased he's got the confidence in himself to go and do this I mean that it's wonderful yes absolutely and then he's so happy which is great yes and we're seeing him soon we've got a weekend with him which I'm really looking forward to we're all looking forward to I can imagine all of you you'll all be together will you yes we will yes. and it's his 14th birthday so that will be big celebrations <laughs> <laughs> that's exciting <laughs> something really good to look forward to yeah yeah good. oh Lulu it's been so great chatting to you thank you for, for you. coming on and talking it's been lovely to talk to you Charlie um thank you thank you thank you for your for your wisdom and you know your, your kindness um I'm going to leave all of your details in the show notes so anyone can get in touch with you but Lulu will you just tell us quickly sort of where's the best place to find you you're on Instagram um, on Instagram I also have a website and that website uh, says it all really it yeah. talks about all the different things that I do and uh, if any and there's a contact uh, a, a form there if anybody wants to get in touch that way or you could always direct message me on Instagram if you would like and yeah. I'll get to you as soon as I possibly can well I will leave all of your details thank with you. this episode and thank you so so, so very much for, for Thank being you. It's been great to chat. <laughs> Lots of love. All right. Take Bye. care. Bye. Bye. I would be really grateful if you are enjoying my podcast. If you would just take a moment to hit the subscribe button, it helps other people know that we exist. And I would be so grateful of that. And leave me a review. The more subscribers we have, the more 
episodes I can put on for you. So please just take a moment and hit the subscribe button.